Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Zofia Renea Morales, and I'm delighted to have you with me today. Today, our topic is going to be around diagnosis and how that is not necessarily a life sentence as much as the doctors like to put you in little boxes of ticky-tack, put labels on you and tell you that this must be the way it is for the rest of your life. But before we get into that, I would like to invite you to join me on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern for what I call the Spirit Talks Development Experience. This is where we get together and we explore the outer edges of who we are. We bring in our highest selves and we get dialed in so that we hear better, more clearly, more accurately, and more in the moment, the urgings of our highest self so that we can have that inflow, magical walk through life. So you can join me Tuesday evening, 6 p.m. It's $10 to join in. And you can register at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash spirit talks one, S-P-I-R-I-T-T-A-L-K-S, numeric one, bit.ly slash spirit talks one. And I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday evenings. And today's guest is Stacy Lemire. On her journey to greater consciousness and abundant health, she jumped full force into the wellness industry. For over 30 years, she gained many skills and served the local community in a variety of roles. She began initially as a licensed massage therapist and became an authority on stress management and detoxification therapies, eventually becoming the go-to, the expert, holistic healing consultant. She started teaching massage therapy in 1999 and became a certified biofeedback practitioner working with frequency medicine in 2006 and a neuro coach eventually in 2013. She is also a master NLP practitioner and a certified hypnotist. Thank you for joining me today, Stacy. Thank you for inviting me. It's thr- I'm thrilled to talk with you. I am so excited to have you here with me. So tell me a little bit about your journey. You've got a whole lot of really amazing credentials and th- each each one of these is something you can make an entire career out of <laughs> and holism it's well-rounded <laughs> yes exactly have all the tools then you're prepared for anything that comes along so how did you begin to get on this path what or maybe I should say, where did you start? And then we'll get to how you got on the path. Because I know you don't come out of your childhood with all these certifications. Right. I'll cut to the chase. I'll take you right to, to the beginning of my uh, first aha moment. Uh, mm. I found myself in my mid-30s with young children. I had a long list of diagnosed diseases. I took a fistful of pharmaceutical drugs. And I was not happy with my life. My children were afraid of me. And I was not showing up as the person I knew in my heart that I could be. Mm. And so that was kind of my first wake-up call. 
What what did that look like? I, because I suspect the children had a lot to do with the realization. Was there a particular event that took place where you went, oh my God, my kids are scared of me? I was an angry woman. I Everything seemed to trouble me. And I didn't have any joy in my life, but I looked around in my life. I didn't understand how I couldn't possibly have joy in my life. Because you checked off all the boxes, right? <laughs> all the boxes were there. An amazing husband, beautiful children, acting like children. Uh, why was I so unhappy? Why did everything bug the crap out of me? Um, the poor man I was married to, I mean, he deserves a medal for the kind of treatment that he got from my ragingness. Oh, my goodness. And uh, really, I had just formed some behavior patterns that I had grown up with with my dad. Oh, sure. Well, that, I mean, that's the first place we learn how to treat a partner or a spouse is yeah. from our parents, right? And I realized basically I'd turned into him. The only difference was that I was medicated and he was not. Oh, my and, goodness. And this had to stop. So where... Where did you go next once you had that moment of, oh, my God, I have everything they say I'm supposed to have. I'm doing what they're telling me to do, and I'm still way, way not happy. I mean, this is beyond not happy if you're raging at the world. Right. So I started doing research okay. on affective disorders. I was ah. diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Okay. Well, my sister-in-law was also suffering from affective disorders. Hmm. And uh, she actually ended up committing suicide. That is kind of a sobering moment as well, right? Yes, ma'am. Here we were both uh, on different paths trying to find our way back to being who we knew we could be. And she developed multiple personality disorder and had many hospitalizations. Oh and I had many, many phone calls with her trying to keep her alive till my brother got home. We didn't have cell phones or second lines in those days. And uh, yeah. I remember times when she would cut herself. And I knew if she passed out that I could call my brother in 911, but I had to keep her talking on the phone as long as I could. I was dealing with my own sickness, and here I was trying to create space for her to stay alive, to stay with us. Yeah. Oh, my God. And to have her leave in that way. It was very traumatic. That it, not only are you looking at, like, the mirror of yourself and your own path, but you'd also taken responsibility for keeping her yes. here. <laughs> we oh also my had gosh. two young children. Oh, my. Yeah. So the parallels are extremely yes, strong. How did, how did you cope with that? That seems like it'd be pretty devastating from where I'm it sitting. Was, it was. De I had a wonderful support group. My husband, um, well, first of all, he got me a watch so that I would remember to take my lithium at the appropriate time. Because if I missed one dose within three days, he saw behaviors that told him I missed a dose of medicine. Ah, yes. Okay. So he became my truth partner in helping me stay on the path. Yeah. And, uh, and I had a best friend in those days who was depressed. 
and dealing with emotions. And so we had each other to kind of sound off on with. And so she was yeah. there for me during all that time. She knew my sister-in-law. We had taken a trip together, uh, a vacation together. She saw her change personalities right in front of our eyes. Her, her whole demeanor would change. She would just be a different mm -hmm. person. So, yes, it was very... Those were interesting days, which I haven't thought about in a long, long time. I'll bet they were interesting days. And I know as, as horrible as these kinds of moments can be, as low as these kinds of moments can be, there's usually a gift or a pearl that comes wrapped up in all of this. And there what, what did you learn? Uh, well, I, uh, one time I was at the doctor's and I got one more diagnosis. And he gave me some drugs you know, to handle it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I came home and I got down on my knees and I prayed that prayer, that one you pray where you get up and your gut hurts and you can't see out of your eyes and you feel finished. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it's like, I've got no more answers, God. It's in your lap. <laughs> um, I just don't know how to take care of myself. Clearly, I've been letting myself be in charge, not you. And so I did that surrendering and clear as a bell, loud as a voice in the room, I heard go to massage school. Oh my goodness. Okay. And so how did you find massage school? I mean, back in the day, they, there wasn't Google, really. <laughs> my friend who was my confidant and my, you know, my accountability buddy. Uh, had gone through massage school and she kept telling me to do it and I kept telling her all the reasons I couldn't um, and finally you know God spoke to me and said you will <laughs> so oh my it. goodness that's awesome and so how did things unfold once you connected with massage school in massage school I learned to love myself unconditionally oh wow in massage school, I learned that my body was just a vehicle. Hmm. I learned that I am someone, something other than what I appeared to be. Hmm. And that blood and tissue and bones were just a vehicle for that something other. And that I was on a journey to heal all parts of me not just that, that beingness called a body. Wow. So I'd like to rewind a little bit. You said you learn to love yourself unconditionally. This mm -hmm. is a trick that many people never learn in many lifetimes. Right. Give, give us a hint to how you shifted that and were able so, to accept you know, yourself. Not just I, accept yourself, but love yourself. I can tell you this from my today perspective. Okay. It's all in how you frame your life. Oh. It's all about how you frame what's going on. When you believe that life is for me and you believe it with all your heart, then you will always find what's in it for you. Yes, where is the gift in this? Where is the gift in this? So it starts with a frame of mind. And that frame of mind is, I'm a whole being. I'm more than this. So what does that look like? And to keep exploring that and allowing that to be okay. Mm. And having it be, having everything be okay. Like if there's, 
if it doesn't feel good, what's in it for me? Yeah, exactly. How can I be okay about this? How can I reframe this experience so that I'm now the learner mm. of what just took place? Okay. And if I can forgive, I forgive people all the time for all kinds of things. I just let it go. I recognize that's not who they are. That's not their character. We all slip up. We all do what we do, right? Mm -hmm. I can let go of that. Why am I so hard on myself? Ah. I'm doing the best I can do. Mm -hmm. I really, truly am. I know that with the deepest of my heart. So, yeah, it's a journey. It's, it's, my daughter used to chide me. Mom, you make it sound so easy. No. No, it's simple. It's not necessarily easy. <laughs> right. It's simple. That's it. It is simple. But easy, no. You have to be committed. And you, you have to recommit on a regular basis. Minute by minute by minute. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? It takes a minute to get there. It's not instantaneous. I'd love to believe that Jesus put his hand on me and instantly I was healed and responded differently in life. And that's not really how it works for me. Uh, I do believe in miracles. They happen every minute of every day. Yes. It's not the way they happen, though. Me being in alignment with that, that's how they happen. Yes, yes. Well, and one thing I've noticed, because miracles do happen in this world, and some of them are pretty dramatic, and some of them have happened in my space, and I've been witness to them. But one thing that I've noticed is you have to be ready to receive that sort of change. Yes. And as much as we want to go, oh, yeah, I could, you know, to be completely frank with myself and completely honest with myself, I'm not at the point that I can accept that yet. But I'm getting there. <laughs> All you need is an accountability buddy. Well, an accountability buddy and an ability to say, you know what, I could allow that in my world, that amount of like radical instant difference. And I'm, I'm a recovering scientist, so, you know, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... There needs to be a willingness to allow that kind of magic to arrive in your life. And it arrives in my life in smaller ways now, and I can accept those smaller ways. And I know that as I expand my ability to accept that kind of radical change, that my ability to receive that radical change increases. Amen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so... How did your sister-in-law's suicide change how you approached life? Well, there for the grace of God go I. So um, I, knew that, I knew that my father's path of being an angry person wasn't one that I would choose. Yes, <laughs> we already established that. <laughs> and I knew the fractionate your brain part of my sister-in-law's journey was not something I would choose. Yeah. So I just started choosing every day, choosing, choosing. And actually, it, it had, I had a lot of conflict with that. Yeah. I'm, I have a very nerdy, scientific, brainiac side of me. Mm -hmm. 
And I had the go with the flow, hippie, let's just live in the now side of me. And so that gives me a variety of talents. And it gives you a wide range of choices. And I tend to overchoose. But, you know, that's the beautiful thing about this life, right? Every moment is a new opportunity to, to choose differently. Yes. So that's where loving yourself becomes extremely important, is forgiving yourself for overchoosing, having to make a new choice, maybe disappoint people, uh, you know, whatever it is you have to do to remember you're the most important thing in the equation. Yes. That you have to find your balance and love yourself through it because you may have to ask other people to love you through it too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. I'm going to sit with that. That's a really profound moment right there. Well, and here's the thing. I know a lot of us who are awakened and who are light workers, we tend to run with this myth that we're here to save the world and pull everybody else out of their junk. Uh, And we have this tendency to put ourselves at the bottom of the list, which is some of the social conditioning that comes in, especially if you're a woman raised in the West. And that's not a truth. And the bottom line is, the person who cares most about what happens to you in your life has got to be you. Because you're the one that is living with it. And I know a lot of us have been conditioned to think of that as a selfish thing, right? Because if you want something for yourself as a little girl, you're told that you're selfish. Uh, But the truth of the matter is, that's a lie in my experience. Yes, ma'am. I mean, I mean, you can't see my head, but it is nodding up and down everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. how, how did you get past that conditioning of, oh, it's selfish for you to take care of yourself first? Uh, well, I, I believe that's all part of the deciding to love yourself no matter what. Mm. I didn't have the example of a father who could do that. So I didn't have an example to go by. So I let my imagination run wild. And, you know, honestly, the imagination and the creative side of the brain is the most healing thing you can choose, whether it's art, whether it's music, whether it's writing stories or telling stories in your head. Mm -hmm. Being creative gives you more choices, you know, and so uh, that, that's what, that's my savior part of me is the creative side. And letting those stories become the stories that I would choose instead of the ones I think I'm seeing in front of me. Exactly. Well, we are coming up on a break here. So I'm going to invite everyone out there who's listening to us right now to uh, get a pen and paper and write down on there the thing the creative sorts of things that light you up because we all have creative things that we do even if they haven't been traditionally termed creative and i know for myself 
when I'm in my creative space, and I, we were talking before this show that I've been uh, doing some home renovation, which is one of my creative spaces. <laughs> And I'm not talking about, ooh, colors of paint on the wall. I'm talking about, you know, nail guns and saws. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, give yourself a moment to think about the spaces where you're creative. Some of us are creative in our cooking, in our ways that we interact with the people in our lives. Uh, and really stretch your definition of creativity and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with Stacy Lemire. And we are discussing her journey and how this is unfolding for her. And when we left her last, she was in massage school and had come to a whole fistful of amazing and profound realizations about being a, a spirit in a physical body, about the physical body not actually being her. It's just a vehicle. So how did you begin to heal yourself out of these realizations? What, what concrete steps did you take? Because I know many of us, if we don't have, what do I want to say, diagnosable mental illness, we probably have someone in our family with it. Right. Well, the first thing I did was get the heck out of Dodge. Um, I was in a Bible-thumping, Sabbath-keeping, radical believing church that I was mm. raising my children in. And so I had to get out of Dodge. So I, they were already unhappy with me because I was going to massage school. Uh, the second part of massage school was on the Sabbath. Oh, yes, that would upset them. Yes. That was very upsetting to them, but I realized it was in church. I was learning how to shame myself. <laughs> well, and that is one of the challenges of the really fundamentalists, uh, religious sex and uh, I don't know which one you were part of but I, I speak in kind of a universal voice here because I've studied a lot of religion 
And the more fundamental they are, the more that shame drum seems to get beaten. Right. I wanted to talk about my depression. Uh, I wanted to talk about my feelings and, you know, the, the response I got from the people who were supposed to help me, the deacons and so forth, was you're not studying enough, you're not praying enough, you're not fasting enough, you're not close enough to God. Mm-hmm. So I understood that their image of God did not, no longer matched my image. Well, and there, there's something to be said for not being, for not being close to God being a problem, but how they're trying to approach God is also part of the problem. <laughs> right. they, made a, they made God be very mean. And yep. uh, that, you know, felt more like my real life father, not a spiritual one. Right. So, because uh, my real life father could be very mean. He had a biting tongue. Um, and that's where I got it from. So I can just imagine how I treated people. Mm. Um, yeah. So, well, there you go. Okay. And so how did you manage to step away from that? Because there's a lot of guilt and manipulation that tries to keep you in that spot. Yes, including my husband who I met at church. Oh, my goodness. That is going to be a tricky negotiation there. Yes, and my children who were domesticated by that church. Yeah. So I got a lot of pushback. I did. And how did you deal with that pushback? I pushed ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I was relentlessly selfish. I wanted a life that I loved. I knew I deserved a life that I loved. You were relentlessly self-caring is what you were. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I pushed forward. And... um, and they admired that, actually. They admired it a lot because my son, uh, who, like, when he was 26 or something, dragged me to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and the, the echoes of the pattern repeat, yes. <laughs> the therapist said, um, no, he felt like I was pushing him out. He was leaving. He was moving mm-hmm. out of the house that I purchased after his dad died so that he could come home and have a place to live. Yeah. And he was moving, and, and he had a dog, and I was ready for that dog to go. Mm. And so my son took it all quite personally and felt like I was pushing him out. And so he asked me to go to therapy, which, of course, he knew I would because I truly love therapy. Uh, I think <laughs> it's a great start for people. And uh, she, she laughed kind of. She said, you know, to my son, you're pretty self-actualized. I'm not sure why you're here. <laughs> I'm here to try to control my mother. (laughs) And so my favorite part was that I didn't have a tape recorder for many, many opportunities in his life to have a tape recorder. Uh, What he said was, well, it's all her fault. I watched her do it. I watched her change her life dramatically and become a better person. And uh, I just love that. Good for him. That's awesome. That is really, really cool. Absolutely. Because that's, that's the best thing you can do for your children, I think, is to show them that you don't have to be trapped by your programming. You don't have to be trapped by your past. You don't have to be, re- what do I want to say? You don't have to surrender to the labels and the things that people tell you is the way it's got to be. Right. I love that. Really? That is awesome. So your marriage survived. Parting from the church? Uh, it survived that. 
Okay. Uh, it, it did not completely survive, but it definitely survived that. Uh, everybody woke up a little bit. My daughter loved them. She came to the, the big people part of services. She didn't want to be with the teenagers. Mm. They had a great youth group. She wasn't interested in that. She liked the meditation at the beginning. She liked, uh, you know, she just liked the, the way the service ran. She liked the affirmations. She used to cut out the affirmations were printed in the weekly bulletin, and she would cut them out and save them. Mm. Uh, my son was rebellious. He stayed rebellious. Uh, and that's cool. You know, I was kind of rebellious. <laughs> <laughs> Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, uh, yeah. So what was, what was the next phase? Once you'd separated from the church, oh, sure. how did you move forward with your spirituality? So I was invited to teach one day. I showed up at the school to see my friend who worked there. Um, and... I was, I was like, the person that happened to be walking down the hall at the time, hey, you'd be great at teaching the business class. But you know, you have a successful practice and you graduated from this school. Why don't you be a substitute? See if you like it. And that's how I got into teaching. Oh, lovely. And when you impart knowledge, you learn it better. Yes, you do. And so I... I that, that's always been my approach. I mean, even way back into my school days, I, I pick up on things very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would always sort of be tutoring the people around me. And even when we had study groups when I was in college, it was more of a teaching situation as opposed to a, a co-studying situation. But it always benefited me because I learned it that much better in explaining it to the next person. So I, I, I will definitely second that. <laughs> and so that's what I've been doing since 1999 is teaching uh, various classes in the massage school. I teach at the local community college. School starting in a couple weeks and we've had a long break. Yes. I love teaching massage school because people come there thinking they're coming in for a career and what they get is a journey. Yes, isn't it cool? <laughs> and I get to participate in that in positive ways, and I get to learn. You know, we learn from our students, so it's a never-ending learning experience. That is beautiful. So what was the next major step on your journey? How did you start stepping away from, like, the psychiatric diagnoses and becoming whole within yourself? Well, I first of all, I... You know, I had taken the medications. I had done whatever my doctor told me. He, he was there while I went through massage school. He was actually my partner in my health. Oh, and, and what a blessing that is. And he's very allopathic. He told me I could count on him for that. And, you know, I come from a pharmaceutical background, and so there was some comfort in that. Mm -hmm. uh, and he sent me to therapy, which, you know, I was too self-actualized for my own therapy 30 years ago. So that's <laughs> there. <laughs> it didn't last long. I wanted to be hospitalized. He wanted me to, you know, he said I'd be too busy taking care of everyone else. He wasn't going to hospitalize me. I just had to do it on my own. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I do have to say this, though. 
this is what I learned in therapy. What I learned in therapy is, so what if I don't get up off the couch? What if I just allowed myself to lay there and let my kids watch Mr. Rogers? What would happen if I just gave myself permission to give in to having no energy? Yeah. And what did you discover? That changed my life dramatically. That one piece of information that I got from the very few therapy sessions I got to have changed my life dramatically in the way of loving myself, Mm. giving myself permission. So I'm so glad we got here because that's really a big piece, isn't it? That is a huge piece because a lot of us as women make ourselves wrong because we need downtime or you need a a couch potato day to recover yourself. Because, yeah, we have this tendency to think we have to be superwoman 4,000% of the time. And I promise you that superwoman does take a day off from time to time. (laughs) Yes. Or we make up stories in our head about what we should be doing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And we should all over ourselves. Right. It's Mm -hmm. a terrible problem. So how do you stop the habit of shooting all over yourself? You catch it. You catch it. I wouldn't say that to my best friend. And so you just catch it. There you go. There you go. I, I remind myself that I wouldn't speak this way to another person. Yes, exactly. I, I would never talk to my husband this way. I would never talk to my friends this way. So why am I speaking this way to myself? Yeah. So there, a lot of talk goes on up in here. You know, we talk oh, about my God. the mind mm-hmm. and letting the mind be in nothingness so that, you know, truth can come in. Uh, you know, in the beginning, there's going to be a lot of talking in here. Oh, and, and the mind, it, it doesn't react well when you try and redirect it initially. It, no, oh. that little brain likes sameness. Sameness is safety, and it's going to stop you if you let it. So how do you maintain your persistence, especially in the face of, like, the brain blowing up? I know the first time I sat down to meditate... <laughs> It was like this trapped squirrel bouncing off the walls of the cage. Well, I got to tell you, right after massage school, I went and took 500 hours of something called breath work. And um, that was life changing. Because the first thing I would do when we would do these color meditations is fall asleep. Mm. I couldn't even be present for them. You know, the first time I tried to meditate, I fell asleep. But what a blessing it was because I was early in my journey with chronic pain and I hadn't been sleeping at all. (laughs) And I got this this guided meditation CD. I plugged it into my CD player and they're like, get in a comfortable position. Well, there was only one comfortable position that was lying flat on my back. So that's what I went for. And I I plugged in the, the headphones and started it and I'm listening and maybe five minutes has passed and it goes click. I'm like, God dang it. I can't believe that I paid 20 bucks and it's not even five minutes of meditation. And then I looked at the clock and realized I've been asleep for an hour and a half. (laughs) It's like, well, if that's the only thing meditation does for me, I'll take it. (laughs) That's right. But it does shift and change the more like anything else. The more you practice it, the more neuropathways you're creating in the part of your brain that's going to take care of business. Exactly. And I did eventually get to the point where I actually meditated. But <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, love, I love that. 
So I want to hear more about how your spiritual practice played into your journey, but we're coming up on our next break here. I'd like to invite all of you out there who are listening to us, not just to hang around through the break, but to spend some time with your pen and paper and look at some of the places where perhaps maybe you can experiment with giving yourself a little bit more grace, a little bit more breathing room, and a little bit more kindness around how you're interacting with yourself. And we will be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here talking with Stacy Lemire. And before we went to break, we were talking about being a little kinder with ourselves and, and you had gone to breathwork class. Um, how, how did uh, spirituality kind of creep back into your life after you separated from the religion and all of that? So at the church that I went to, they fully are on board with the philosophy that I was on board with. Nice. And so they provide a lot of meditation. They provide classes. They provide a lot of things that you can take advantage of, which actually bring you closer to bring you closer to your own spirituality and your own truth. They believe in truth and your own what I want to say relationship with the divine. And my husband and I had separated, but he after we separated, he became very active in that church. Wow. And it changed him and it gave him a new meaning in life as well. And we remained best friends. Um, he was an awesome human being. We just, we just no longer meshed. I mean, we were in different places in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became a body worker when he was laid off from high tech. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And we went into business together and, didn't, you know, then we separated. Things just didn't work out. And um, I forget, what was the point of that? Where, oh, we were talking about how you continued yeah, your spiritual practice and the role that that played in your journey. And I know you've gotten many credentials over the years, and the most recent one was a neuro coach. So what kind of led you in that direction? So, uh, so I became a massage therapist, and I love doing massage. And I tried very hard as I learned things to bring them to my clients, but nobody really wanted to coach with me or do energy work with me or biofeedback or anything because they loved my touch and it brought something to their lives. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't require them to change a lot of stuff, right? A lot of people are not on board with changing no. things. I just want to feel better. <laughs> exactly. So it, it didn't feel that fulfilling. And uh, so I, you know, I wanted to learn other things anyway because everything that I learned was part of my healing I only learned it for me yeah. <laughs> all those credentials I have they're for me um, I learned them to become a better human being to become my best self every day and it's a lifelong journey it never ends yeah and I think uh, what changed my direction the most uh, was my 21 year old daughter's sudden panic attack and and, su and resulting suicide Oh, my goodness. That's absolutely devastating. For Here I am, a stress management expert. Uh, she decides to move to Tennessee, and she's in also finished massage school. And she's having massive stress, and there's nothing I can do about it. And until I get a phone call where I realize I need to get on an airplane and bring her home. Mm. So I was there. I was present for all of that. Uh, oh, wow. I came back from going to get a car talk carrier for the car mm -hmm. to pack up as much of her stuff as I could on her car and drive her back to Texas from Tennessee and came home and found her hanging in the closet. <gasps> oh, my God. So here's what's interesting. Life will test you to see what you've learned. Yes. Oh, my God. And what a test. And what a test. If I hadn't been practicing all those things I'd learned and the things that I was doing my best to show others by my example, because you can't teach by words. Yeah. Um, if I hadn't been practicing all that, I can tell you I would have curled up on the bottom of that closet floor and just died with her. Instead, I took action. All the while saying, life is for me, life is for me, life is for me. And what was it, it that, what, what gift did that suicide bring you? It brought me closer to the reality of how fragile life is and how much anxiety we have in our world that we live in and how um, debilitating it is and how many lives are touched by this. And so it became kind of my mission to stamp out anxiety. <laughs> To show people that they didn't have to live a life of fear, that they could change their own brain chemistry and they could change their mind mm -hmm. and they could change their body and their energy field holistically and take back their life. So how, how, did, how did the neuro 
show up for you? What, what were the breadcrumbs that led you to the training? Well, I mean, what she died of was oxygen deprivation. She right. really embodied the fact that anxiety and fear and chemical imbalance and the ability to get breath beyond the primitive part of the brain is detrimental to all of life. Right. And how quick and easy it is to go from this isn't this doesn't feel good to being an abject fear and panic. Mm. So that you're hyperventilating and no oxygen is going anywhere. And this is where you have focus. This is where you have clarity. This is where your creativity is in your prefrontal cortex, your fourth. Yes. And the if you're not getting oxygen up there, it's not, not functioning. Up in there. Only the hindbrain, the lower brain, the fear and anxiety are building up mm. because that's as far as it gets. And so I really came to understand that in a deeper, deeper way. And I looked at how can I change the brain and help people change their mind mm. and do the whole deal quickly, easily. All they need is desire, real, true desire. Mm. You just have to focus on what you choose. And I know it sounds simplistic. It really is that simple. You just need to keep refocusing, reframing, getting to that place of, I am okay just the way I am. Yeah. Tomorrow's a new day. I only have to deal with this moment right here. Absolutely. That's beautiful. And I got to get tested in that closet. I got to get tested. Did I really believe that life is for me? And yes, it is. Because here I am 12 years later, still on my soapbox, <laughs> still stamping out anxiety one person at a time. I love it. I love it. So how do, you, how do you show up with your work in the world now? So I lure them in with massage. <laughs> it's an effective lure. <laughs> it's an effective lure. And when you have a massage with me, everything's included. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so if you need a meditation, I subtly drop you down into meditative state mm -hmm. and give you a lovely meditation during your massage. If you need to come in for coaching, I teach you a technique such as EFT or tapping to bring yourself out of anxiety quickly Mm -hmm. so that you can move on to the next thing. If you want to learn a technique to turn your prefrontal cortex on all by yourself, and it's the coolest thing you'll ever do in your life, and it will change you physically, energetically. Mm -hmm. It will completely change you. I can teach you that. We do it through a program that's a minimum of three months. It's the best program you'll ever do. Um, <laughs> I love it because I mean if you talk to psychologists and, and doctors and this sort of thing they'll tell you oh well you have a, a deficiency in your brain chemistry and the only way that it can be solved is to take this bottle of pills mm. and so this is a whole different level of empowerment yes it is a completely different approach it's the one that healed me and I've seen it healed so many other people and people who didn't even do my program, you know, uh, I, I watch people change every day. That's what massage, that's what teaching massage school is about. Watch uh, people go on their journeys. 
Yes, so exciting. I love, I love seeing people have these ahas and these shifts and these realizations. It's like, ooh, oh, I can influence that. I can, you know, change this thing that I'm told is immutable. And I'll tell you what, you want the best of me and my best tools, just go to massage school where I teach it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most fun. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I know you brought a gift with you for the listeners. Would you like to describe that gift for them? And then I'll tell them where they can go get it. I would love to do a discovery session with you. I would love to give you 30 minutes of my time. No, well, let's be realistic. 45. 45. Yeah, that's usually what happens, right? It's a 20-minute call. We'll be on for an hour. (laughs) It takes you 15 minutes to decide for me to sometimes get to the nut of what's going on. And, uh, And from there, we'll discover a tool that I'll teach you or that you can use right away to take back that part of you that that you're looking to take back. And then uh, I'll probably suggest one of my programs that would help you the most, in my opinion, uh, which is never really humble, but very educated. And and make you an offer that you might not be able to resist. Now, we talked about commitment to change, right? That's key. That's everything. I am not going to drag you up from the depths of your drama. If you're not ready to step out. <laughs> I'm not ready to step up. So this is a free call. However, you got to put down $25 to show up. Well, yeah, because you have other commitments in your life. And so and showing up is important. And I'm serious. And I want you to show up. So you show up and you get your $25 back. Or you can apply it or donate it, whatever you choose. And um, that's my deal. So have 45 minutes with me. Let me know what's going on in your life. Give me an opportunity to help you make it better and to show you what else that you can achieve. I love that. That is beautiful. And if you're interested in engaging with Stacy to uh, access all of this wonderful goodness, you can go to sovereignself.media. And uh, she'll be up there at the top of the speaker gifts page. And you can click on there and engage with her. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is beautiful. So we've got just a few minutes left here at the end of the show. So what is your most important takeaway from your journey at this point? That life is for me. I demonstrate it every day even when things happen that don't feel good or when I'm called out on what is something that is not like me, Mm. I find what's in it for me. And that's what sustains me. That's what keeps me going. I have low moments like everyone else, right? Well, we're, we're all human. You know, there's always this up and down in emotional experience. And still, even in the low moments, I can find gratitude for something. That is beautiful. Do you have like a daily gratitude uh, practice? Um, you know, habits are for people that need habits, right? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm so beyond needing structure. <laughs> who needs structure more than a person who has a left side and a right side overdeveloped brain? Uh, structure is very, very important. 
Um, so there are a few things that I do every day without fail. One of them is a call that I've been on every morning uh, for eight years now. And um, I lead the call twice a week myself, and I enjoy receiving the call the other five days. And um, I activate my brain first thing in the morning. And I get myself in that space of expansion immediately. Mm. And then uh, I have a couple of daily calendars that I use, so I go and read my calendars, turn the page, and get inspiration. Um, can I say what those are? Sure. Okay, so I have the Daily Word from Louise Hay in a calendar. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to, using that tool for years and years and years. My daughter's been gone 12 years. When she died, there were cutouts from that calendar of that year and previous years amongst her things. Um. So I know that they've made an impact all over the world. And um, I also have a daily uh, thing from Abraham that you use year after year. Oh, Abraham, like Esther Hicks and company, yes. Abraham? Yes. I inherited that from my first husband when he died. Uh, that gentle man who... Uh, who loved me for so long and gave me two beautiful children. Yay. So I inherited that from him. That's an amazing thing. You know, when you talk about, you know, accepting my new role in church and so forth. Yeah. And um, so I, I read those and I also get the daily word from unity church and science of mind uh, magazine daily nice. magazine. Nice. And so, and so it puts you in an amazing time frame, and yeah, mind frame, rather. <laughs> right. It's all about mind. It really is all about mind. And you can get there. You can get there. You can do it. It may seem like an unruly squirrel to start with, but eventually it comes around. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stacy. Thank you. And thank you to all you out there listening who've joined us today. And as a quick reminder... If you would like a little bit more Zofia in your life and a little bit, a whole lot more of your own self, your highest self in your life, you can join us on Tuesday evenings. Uh, go to bit.ly slash spirit talks one. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash S-P-I-R-I-T-T-A-L-K-S numeric one. And we will see you on Tuesday evenings at 6 p.m. And until next time, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 